and welcome to the Chapel House Music Podcast. My name is Soon, a junior here at Colgate, and I'm one of the student associates working for the Chapel House. Today, I'm not alone. I have a special guest with me. Hi, Rodney. Um, hey, everyone. Yeah, would you like to briefly introduce yourself? Sure. So my name is Rodney Agnant. I am the assistant director of programming and lead facilitator up at Chapel House. And I'm also a Colgate alum, so I graduated back in 2014 and then started working here two and a half years after graduating. So it's been about four years since then, or since I've started. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for joining. And yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. I actually met Kathy this morning at the Hall oh, of really? President. Yeah, when I went to get the COVID testing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, shout out to Kathy Keys. She's the house manager and... I guess we'll talk a little bit about what Chapel House is, but she's also volunteering to do the, the COVID-19 testing. Right. So. And she's a wonderful chef at Chapel House. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so I was really glad to see her and it made me remember all the cookie making and Halloween costume making we did together. So <laughs> for me, Chapel House is a place full of good memories. But I think some of our listeners might not be really familiar with where Chapel House is on campus and what Chapel House is for. So what's Chapel House? Really good question. And so Chapel House, it is located by, this might sound spooky, it's it's located by the Colgate Cemetery. (laughs) I prefer to say that it's located by the Nature Trails. So we're the closest institutional building to the trails. Once you're in front of Chapel House, you're 90 seconds away from the rest of the Nature Trails. And awesome. what it forget. is, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and and what it is, is that it's a different space than your memorial chapel. So the memorial chapel on campus is the place where you have religious groups meet and even other types of events happen in that space because it's so big. The chapel house is a retreat center and a sanctuary. So we have books, art, and music from different religions and different traditions from all over the world. And we are also a retreat center in the sense that people can come and stay overnight on retreat. We welcome people, in general, we welcome people who are not related to Colgate at all. And we also do welcome people who are Colgate related, especially our staff, our faculty, our students. And in terms of what we're doing for this semester while we're in a pandemic, we are looking for people who are in our COVID testing pool to to come in and be able to be on retreat. So as we mentioned, uh, Kathy Keys is the house manager. She's the one who organizes the, the logistics of who gets to stay on retreat and when. And, and she also prepares a number of the meals that people get to have. We do that all fresh on premises. So yeah, so that's a bit about what Chapel House is. We, we serve as a space where people can take a break from their usual routines. Sometimes people take a break from their screens as well. Mm-hmm. And they just use the time to rest, to recharge, to meditate, to journal, to pray, whatever works for them. You don't have to be religious to be in the space at all. Um, And we're just happy to be able to serve. So that's a bit about Chapel House overall. Yeah, thank you. And I think over this semester, especially, a lot of people would really need that kind of retreat from the screen and just from the daily things that overwhelm us. So um, it would be nice for our listeners to go on a, go on a retreat when they have a chance. And something I wanted to add is um, the resources we have at Chapel House, they're not, like you said, necessarily religious, 
we do have those sacred texts and religious music, but you can also find collections of poems, jazz music, folk songs. And although after COVID, the access to those resources is more limited to the public than before, we still wanted to enjoy the music together, which is why we started this podcast. So throughout this podcast, we want to share with you Uh, some of the music at Chapel House that we really love and just have free conversations around them. Not for all the albums or even all the tracks in an album, but we hope to pick like two, three songs for each album that we are going to cover as entry points for you to explore more later. Another disclaimer is that we're not music experts, we, uh, I'm actually considering dropping my music minor because studying music just wasn't for me. So we won't be analyzing you know, parts of the music and talking about the thirds or other kinds of music theory. But we want to discover other ways of talking about music and engaging with them. In this first episode in particular, I think we're going to talk, share interesting facts about music and share our reactions after listening to them. We also invite you to just appreciate them on a deeper level by reacting to them and thinking about these musics together. So without further ado, why don't we jump in? Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, also, I almost forgot, but all songs are on Spotify and we're leaving a link so you can sign up for free and explore more music if you like. The album that we're going to introduce to you today is called A Feast for the Senses by Tenet. Tenet is a group of vocal artists based in New York City and they're famous for their interpretations of Renaissance and Baroque repertoire. So The group mostly deals with music from around the 1300s to the mid-1700s, including works by composers like Monteverdi and Bach, among others. It was actually Rodney who introduced me to this piece. I'm curious how, Rodney, how did you come to know this group of singers and their songs? Yeah, so naturally I do not know the, the singers personally at all, but... We have an extensive collection of music, you know, tapes, vinyl records, digitized music. So one day we had these two guests who were staying at Chapel House, and one of them is actually connected to these this group of vocal artists that she helps to, to either manage the operations or something of those sorts. So she said, oh, I would love to, to donate, to see if we can donate their music, their, I think, seven or eight different albums of things to Chapel House so that other guests can come and, and enjoy that music. So really generous donation that was made. I think we got over 700 megabytes of music that ended up on, on our computer in our collection. And it was by listening to that that I, I stumbled upon this album that I fell in love with. Mm. Yeah, and I'm glad you introduced me to this piece because... This is not something I would have listened to on my on my own. Um, it's from the Christian and Anglo-European tradition. And I mean, it's not the mu- type of music that I grew up listening to. But what really pulled me into this album, though, is how 
Tenet describe the album themselves. So I found on their website this introduction to the album, and I just wanted to share it. It's pretty short, so I'll just read it if it's okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Sensory experiences aren't... This is just what Tenet had uploaded on their website. Sensory experiences aren't easily expressed in words. What's the best way to describe the smell of a fresh rose? The arc of a bird soaring over a lake? The complex taste of honey? The delicate feel of a lily? The sound of a fledgling bird's song? Music, more than any other art form, can communicate these most subjective sensory experiences. A medieval conductus, that is a word for a sacred song with Latin text, a Bach motet, and an African-American spiritual, all can express, either figuratively or literally, our sensory experiences. Our program is a musical collage of the five senses. We've selected pieces from a wide range of composers, spanning many centuries and cultures, sacred and secular, all sharing a common theme, a celebration of smell, sight, taste, touch, or sound. And so the album is called A Feast for the Senses. And, you know, I think that with this, with this description of their album, um, I think Tenet really makes their music relatable to everyone. You know, even if you're not familiar with the medieval conductors or African-American spiritual, even if you don't speak the language of the lyrics like Latin, you might still know the complex taste of honey or the delicate feel of a lily, right? So I was really curious how the album actually tried to capture these sensory experiences that we all can relate to, um, that we all know but can't really describe easily. If you're, you might be, you know, feeling curious like me or even doubtful, thinking, oh, how it's hard even to describe it in words. How can music do it? Um, if you're feeling so, I recommend listening to the first track, which is Flos Regalis. Flos Regalis is written in Latin. And since I don't have any basic knowledge of Latin, I would ask Rodney if he knows what the title means. Oh boy. Yeah. So as a, as a Catholic, I get exposed to Latin often, but not a Latin person at all. But from what I could see, this actually means regal or royal flower. So that's mm. what I see for Flos Regalis. And then of course I double checked it online and it's true. <laughs> yeah. Double checking is important in all occasions. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's actually interesting because I didn't know that, you know, the title in the song is about flowers, right? And royal flowers. But when I was listening to the song, I actually was reminded of flowers. When you listen to the song, you would instantly see that the melody is very, very luxuriant. And when it's playing, it's always on the move and always interweaving with each other to the point that you feel like there's no vacuum. Hmm. So when I listen to this, I just, it makes me imagine being in the middle of a flower patch where all the flowers in the springtime are blooming together and hmm. the dynamic energy of life just overflowing everywhere. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Yeah. 
I would like to invite you to just imagine, you know, standing in the middle of this field full of flowers and just seeing flowers everywhere around you bursting in really vibrant colors, whether it's you know, red, yellow, and also being overwhelmed by like the sweet fragrances surrounding you. I haven't been in such a place, but that's what the song makes me imagine. It's interesting because I, I feel like when, especially in the when the song begins, it's there's such a simplicity to it. And now when I imagine it with the way that you had us visualize, it actually it brings me back to the nature trails. There's a part that when you walk up the hill um, of the nature trails at the very beginning, you make a right and you start walking at some point, there are a few options to veer left. I remember being at a point last spring where it was like what you were describing, just seeing colors and flowers and lush. It was very lush overall. Mm -hmm. But it was also just, it was breathtaking and simple at the same time. And I feel like that captures that beginning cadence of, of Flos Regalis. Yeah, I agree. There's lushness and simplicity. So we focused on the sensory experience that listening to a song gives you. But I also think these sensory experience that seem universal at one glance can is actually really individual and private at the same time. Mm. What I mean is in the description, introduction to the album, Tenet described the complex taste of honey and the delicate feel of a lily, but it might not be the same honey that you tasted. And, you know, it might, it might have been in the morning or the afternoon. So everyone has a different story and memory attached to these kind of sensory experiences, even if they uh, look the same. And I think, Rodney, you have a, a great piece to share in relation to this. Yeah. So for me, one of my favorite songs from this album is His Eyes on the Sparrow. So that's an African-American spiritual um, that was written back in, I think, 1905 by Sylvia, Sylvia D. Martin. And it is, for me, when I hear that song, it brings me back to being a child and, and being back in our little tiny apartment in Brooklyn. My sister used mm-hmm. to sing the song all the time. And so when I hear it, even in different forms and in different renditions, it brings me back to being home with my with my sister, with my family and my mother making rice and beans and the aroma filling the house as she's cooking. And especially I think during this pandemic, it's been so important to feel that sense of connection. For me, this song, His Eyes on the Sparrow, is, is one that I'm often used to hearing with either one or two voices, and they're doing kind of similar things. So there's a one or two lead vocalists working together. And I think what was interesting about this arrangement for A Feast for the Senses is that where Flos Regalis takes its lushness and its simplicity, his eyes on the sparrow takes its its sort of lushness in the fact that you can tell there's so many different voices, there's so many 
different pieces to the harmony that seems to be happening. And it, it creates this sense of, of unity that I think is really powerful. So for me, when I hear the song, His Eyes on the Sparrow in general, I, I go back to my time in Brooklyn, but I also in my most private moments have the sense of when I feel most deeply alone, I know that I, I, as a Catholic, I know that God is with me, right? That's a, a sort of thing that I feel around this. And when I hear this rendition, I, I get the sense, I have this feeling of not only is God with me, but he has people show up in different parts of my life as part of that support. So each, if you can imagine each vocal artist is doing a different um, harmony or, or harmonizing in a different way. To me, that f- reminds me of the different people who show up to do things together. Um, even being able to have this podcast together, like the fact that this is something that you uniquely bring, and yet the sort of vision of getting to support people on campus with something like this and being able to to let people know about Chapel House, it's it's a harmony that's being created by more than one person. So that's my very long sort of monologue and, and sharing around this song. And I hope that as people hear it, they find their own ways that it helps them to, to feel at home or they see what it inspires for them to hear the song. Mm. Yeah, I think we all have one or two songs that make us feel at home wherever we are. Yeah, for sure. Mm. For me, it is another song uh, that evokes strong memories inside me. The song is called The Blue Bird. It's actually right after His Eyes Are on the Sparrow. Hmm. So the bird theme going there. True. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Yeah. To give a brief introduction to this piece, it was composed by Sir Charles Villiers Stanford, who was an Anglo-Irish composer. He was born in Dublin in 1852, but he later moved to England and taught at Royal College of Music. One of his students is actually Gustav Holst, who composed The Planets. I just took note of it because I'm a classical music buff, and <laughs> it was very interesting to find these unexpected connections. Very nice, very nice. But uh, the lyrics was written by someone else called Mary Coleridge, who worked as a poet as a no- and a novelist during her time. The lyrics is written in English. You can go on the link that we left and read them when you feel like. Mm-hmm. So for me, this song is like the opposite of Los Regales. It's not vibrant. It doesn't feel very extravagant. But instead, it's a very soothing song to me. So um, you would notice how the chorus keeps undulating from beneath like a wave and as you listen you would notice there's this female solo voice that soars from the back like a bird flying and then as the song progresses the chorus and the solo vocal comes together and really draws a dramatic arc and it reaches a peak as the you know the volume grows larger and more voices intermingled together. And um, it makes me think of Hamilton in the winter time, actually, like right now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if you have noticed, but after a big snow day, the sky clears. And um, on those days, everything is very colorful. And it's not gray or, you know, colorless as you would expect for winter time. But mm. it's not colorful in the sense that Flos Regalis is colorful. Um, it's not like springtime when the vivid colors are really coming forward, if that makes sense. But the colors on those winter days are muted and more toned down. So the sky is very pale shade of blue. The tree leaves are muted olive and burnt orange kind of shade. Mm. And I once saw when I was standing in front of the Taylor Lake, the bird and geese <laughs> flying above the lake, which amazingly, you know, suited this song, The Blue Bird. So it's a song that takes me to that place in front of the willow path next to the Taylor Lake. During a calm winter day when there is no wind and when there's sunlight falling on your arms. Yeah, it just makes me feel the power of music to evoke certain memories and bring you to a place even though you're not there in person. So that was my long monologue. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's a good one too. I mean, it really, I love the way that you connected this idea of the birds soaring over and then like the the birds soaring over Taylor Lake as well because it's it's something that I I think about often like the birds of the lake there's something about the birds that really for me there's something I find soothing about it and I feel like it also mm. it it brings up so many different memories within the year like the sort of memory of when the birds are going away and so now it's really clearly winter and there're just a few of them and then when spring is really emerging and thinking about I find myself thinking about when I see the baby birds um, all walking in a line from Donovan's pub Aww. like across the street which of course the silly part of me is like why are those baby birds at Donovan's pub <laughs> but you know in, in reality I just understanding that oh that's part of spring is this idea of, of rebirth so that's what I find the song has for me. It's a sort of peaceful reminder of the seasons. And especially for me, that transition between, between winter and spring and what begins to emerge, whether it's the colors or the birds or when you haven't seen the lake in a while and the snow is melted and you can start seeing that water and the wind on the water. Mm. So, yeah, right. that's what I got. Right. That's the sign of spring coming birds lining up in front of the Donovan's pub. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all we had, all we wanted to share today. I really enjoyed listening to Rodney's story related to the his eyes are on the sparrow and also sharing my having a chance to share my personal stories related to the songs. This was a very enjoyable time for me. How are you feeling, Rodney? Yeah, I love this. I, I love this opportunity to be able to, I mean, to share and, and stuff. That's cool. But, but to actually get to hear someone else's experience of music, mm. to hear what comes up for them. And what I'm seeing out of this conversation is, oh, 
even just having conversations like this or even being able to listen to a conversation like this, it gives me more reason to want to go back to the music. And it makes me wonder, what else can I experience around this? So I really appreciate you taking the time to, to you know, get your thoughts together and, and to share this with everyone. Um, I'm hoping that it inspires other people to see what, what might they find when they listen to this music or any other music for that matter. Yeah. If you want to share any of your experience with the music that we shared today, please send it to skim1 at colgate.edu. We would love to hear from you because like Ronnie said, your experience with the music helps us rediscover it and it would help other listeners rediscover the music as well. I'm really excited to hear other perspectives on the music and their stories related to it. Yeah, and so on. Question here. When yeah. when folks are listening and they want to send something to you, does it need to be about these three songs? Can it be about any of the songs on the album? How does that work? It could be of any of the songs. I mean, okay. um, I listen to all the album, so I would know <laughs> which one you're talking about. Yeah. And we're always open to you know, opinions, any suggestions about this podcast or just anything you want to share with us. So please send a lot of emails. Yeah. Yeah. And in the meanwhile, I hope that this has been super enjoyable for you. And it's definitely been a pleasure for me to be a guest on this. I hope everyone stays warm <laughs> during this time, especially because mm -hmm. I think there's some more snow coming. So we're going to get to experience the oh. sun after the snow. But we're going to experience some snow first. <laughs> <laughs> so stay warm, everyone. Right. Stay warm. Take care. Yeah. Take care. And thank you for listening. <laughs>